Welcome to another episode of B-School, a living case study in aligned action. I'm your host, Taylor Elise Morrison, speaker, facilitator, and founder of Inner Workout. B-School is a personal development podcast for collective change. So join me in becoming a student of yourself and the world around you. Let's get studying. Hey there, welcome back to another episode of B-School. Before we kick off today's show, Quick question for you. Have you rated or reviewed B-School yet? I know I ask it fairly often, but it's such a simple thing and it makes a world of difference. I love seeing it every week if B-School is charting anywhere. And this week it was charting in Singapore. And the only way that happens is because people like you take a moment to rate the show or to write a review and more people find out about it. So if you've done that already, thank you so much. Really sincerely mean that. Thank you. And if you ever resonate with something on the show, feel free to take a screenshot, share it in your stories, and you can tag me and tag B-School, which by the way, did you see that? That B-School has its own Instagram now? At the B-School podcast. We've got a small but mighty audience on there, and I'm excited to continue to play on that Instagram. Okay, I'm sure you didn't tune in just to hear me talk about B-School's Instagram, and today we are actually going to do a throwback to a topic that will probably still be new for most of you all. So way back in 2018, which right now that seems so far away even though it was only two years ago, I had this blog series called Dearest Fear. It even had a hashtag, hashtag Dearest Fear. And blog series makes it sound like it was elaborate. It was really a series of two posts. I probably had intentions for it to be more robust, but it was these two posts. And the whole concept was that I would write letters to my fear. And what I found, even though I only shared two letters publicly, as I looked at my fear head on, I'd realize that the fear was only as powerful as I allowed it to be. And so in looking at my fear, in writing a letter, in calling it out, I was able to realize so much of the reason that I was afraid or nervous or upset was because I was allowing fear to have all of this power. I was feeding it. And when I could stop and say, hey, wait, hold up, let's have a conversation between you and me, fear. That's when I realized, oh, I don't actually have to be afraid of this thing. And so as I'm in this kind of in-between stage in life right now, there are so many really, really exciting things happening that I can't share quite yet. I've just been sitting and thinking and also feeling a lot of fear. I found myself not exactly writing a letter, but having this conversation with my fear and realizing, okay, what is below the surface? What is going on? What am I avoiding here? What am I unwilling to engage with? And I was reminded once again of this Dearest Fear series. And so that's actually what I wanted to do today is to first read you these letters, this fun throwback. 
And then also to invite you to look at your own fear dead in the face and see what conversations need to be had. So I'm going to read the first letter. It says, Dearest fear, you are not a recruiter. And yet I find myself letting you review my resume and my qualifications. And I often listen when you tell me that I'm not quite a fit for this particular opportunity. I'll admit that sometimes you are right. I'm not always the most qualified on paper, but qualifications aren't as big as a barrier as you're making them out to be. Lots of unqualified people have seen great success and plenty of quote-unquote qualified people have run businesses and entire economies into the ground. Side note, this isn't the letter, but the fact that in 2018, I said that lots of qualified people have run businesses and entire economies into the ground, and then look at where we are in 2020. Wow. Back to the letter. Those higher-ups at financial firms had plenty of fancy degrees and projects under their belt, but they still call us to resection. Resumes aren't a reliable indicator of success. So you can see why I won't be letting you vet my qualifications anymore. I've let you overstep your bounds, and I take full responsibility for this lack of role clarity. Let's reset expectations. You'll tell me when you sense real danger, like fire or the presence of unsavory people, and I'll decide which opportunities to pursue or even to create. You're still welcome to share your input. I'll acknowledge it. We'll keep things cordial. But don't be offended when I don't take your advice to heart the way I did before. I hope this newfound role clarity helps our future relationship. Kind regards, Taylor. So this was the first letter to fear that I published. And even reading those words out loud now, it's like I'm preaching to myself. Because I still feel like I need to add on some more letters after my name, or I need to pay for one more course or certification, or I need to get one more client of this caliber in order to really be worthy, in order to be qualified for an opportunity. And so much of that is just my fear speaking. I'm afraid that they will say no, and so I'm trying to make it impossible for someone else to say no. Meanwhile, there are people who are waiting for me to just show up as I am and to teach and to share now. And so I know that this sense of imposter syndrome, this sense of letting your fear be a recruiter and tell you whether or not you're qualified is not just a me thing. Some of you are sitting here right here. You're nodding your head. You're like, yes, I've let my fear act like a recruiter in my life and tell me, yes, you can go for that one. Nope, you can't go for that one. And I invite you to release that. As you heard in this letter, fear evolutionarily has some really valuable things. It lets us know when we are in danger, but in the world that we live in right now, we don't have to worry about getting eaten by a saber-toothed tiger. Now, there are some very valid fears that we have. I've talked about it before, some of the fears that I have for myself as a Black woman, for my husband as a Black man, but so many of the fears that we build up are arbitrary. They don't have to be real unless we allow them to be. And so I hope that this first letter just invites you to release, exhale, still feel free to acknowledge your your fear. I still talk to my fear. I still feel it. And then I have this conversation. I'm like, ah, 
I don't actually have to engage with this anymore. Thanks for, for flagging it. Thanks for bringing this to my attention. And now we're moving on. Okay, letter number two. It's called Dear Sphere, You're Not Fooling Me. Dear Sphere, the more I get to know you, the more I get to know your other names. Some are obvious aliases. Imposter syndrome, for example, sounds every bit as menacing as you do, but it's your more innocent names that are the most insidious. Names like comfort, convenience, and convention. I'm journaling. I'm in the kind of conversation that makes you lean forward and share a piece of your soul. I am so invigorated by an idea that it feels like springtime in my mind. I try to sleep, but the thoughts keep blooming. I am awake and alive. Now it's time to do the work. I package my grandiose vision into bite-sized next steps. You start to ask me questions. Wouldn't it make more sense to do it this way? That's what everyone else does. I nod my head in agreement and rework my plan to make it more conventional. Should you really take on that risk? You're in your building years. Wait until you're completely comfortable. Then you can make this a reality. So I push my timeline back several years. We go back and forth. You make your case. I acquiesce, letting you mold my life into what should be. And your stroke of genius is that you allow me to do all of this without once saying that I'm afraid. Prudent? Yes. Wise? Absolutely. Everything but fearful of what would happen if I actually went for it. I'm calling both of us out. You don't get to hide behind docile names and I don't get to give in. I will respond to your questions with questions. I will resist. I will take the best risk and bet on myself. Kind regards, Taylor. Man, I feel this letter in my bones right now. How often do we let fear not really seem like fear, right? Like we're just doing what's wise or what everyone tells us the next step should be. And we're actually being really strategic. That's what we tell ourselves, at least. But in reality, there are these different flavors of fear. And when you get underneath the surface and you ask more questions and you ask why, why does it have to be this way? Why do I feel like this? And you keep digging. That core emotion is often fear. And like I said in the last letter, it's not that fear is bad. Fear is useful in some situations, but not in most of them. And so my invitation to you, my ask from that second letter, is that you'd really start to examine when you're feeling this resistance and this pushback and you're rationalizing it based on how other people have acted or by what's most comfortable or what's most convenient for you right now, that you can start to call yourself out and call yourself in and be honest and say, okay, is this really what I want for my next step or is this convention? And is that convention rooted in fear? My favorite question and tool to use is just to ask why. Why, 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 why? And as you peel back, there may be a true reason or intention or it might be fear. And then once you really name it as fear, you can engage with it in a different way. And so my hope is that if it's useful for you, 
that some of you will take some time to write a letter to your fear this week. And if you're not sure what to write about, go back to that resistance. What is the decision I'm struggling to make right now? What is the thing that I'm avoiding discussing? What is that thing that is in the corner of my mind and I just keep pushing it further and further back into that corner? That's probably where you want to start writing. And just say, hey, fear. And it doesn't need to be poetic. It doesn't need to be flowery. Just have a real conversation with your fear. And it might be a conversation where you're saying, thank you for the ways that you've protected me, but I've got it from here. Or it might be, hey, I don't acknowledge you that much. And I don't even know where you're at right now. And maybe we need to be in more conversation so I can understand what's fear and what's not in my life. Maybe that's your letter. All of our letters look different. All of our conversations look different. And for some of you, maybe a letter isn't even the most useful tool. Maybe it's just some time to sit and think and ponder. Whatever you decide is best for you. I really, really, truly invite you to engage with your own fear and to name it and to notice it as you move through the rest of your week. And maybe that's all you do this week is just to say, oh, that's what fear feels like. Or that's a fear response. Or that's coming from a place of fear. And maybe you're not ready to act on it, but you can start to get to know your fear in that way. Okay, I'm going to step off my soapbox because I could talk about our relationship to fear all day. But I'm going to step back and I'm going to let you really start engaging. So thank you so, so much for listening. And I will be back in your earbuds next week. Thanks to Andres Rodriguez for the intro and outro music. You can keep in touch with me on Instagram at Taylor Elise Morrison. Elise is E-L-Y-S-E. And check out the resources on my website at taylorelise.com. 